Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Hockey has been uh, one of Australia's great Olympic staples over the generations, and with 50 major trophies in the cabinet for our men's team, the Kookaburras, and 24 trophies for the women's team, the Hockey Roos, it is safe to say that Australia is a heavyweight threat at nearly every competition we go to, and hopefully that will again be the case in Tokyo in just over a week from now. One man who's worked across both national teams and hockey in Australia in general, winning silver as a Kookaburra as a player and coaching the Hockey Roos to two golds is the great Rick Charlesworth, and he joins us here on Tokyo Bound on SEN. Rick, good to chat to you. How are you going? It's a pleasure, Jordan. Glad to be here. Rick, as, uh, as one of the, the preeminent field hockey figures, you've seen a lot of uh, a lot through the generations, a lot at the Olympics, but when a new Games is about to roll around, around a week away, how excited do you get for fresh competition? Well, yeah, I, I mean, it's a year late, isn't it? We were expecting this last year, but uh, uh, for the, from the athletes' point of view, I'm sure that they're very delighted to have the opportunity. It's going to be a totally different experience, but you know, like every every game throws up something new. I mean, before Rio, we had um, um, we had another virus that was uh, that was going to be the problem. Um, you know, every Olympics it seems there's always something comes along. I was I first went to the Olympics in 1972. God, it's a terrible long time ago, and we had an act of terrorism that that uh, stopped the world and stopped the games indeed for a couple of days. So. Mm. There's always uh, there's always something. So seven Olympics by my count. I might have missed one or two in there, but seven across playing and coaching. Which one was your favourite? Where, where do you have the fondest memories thinking back through the games that you've attended? Oh, you know, as an athlete, you know, it was a bittersweet experience in, in Montreal. We got to the final, but we lost on that day, you know, and uh, won the silver medal. So I, I, that was that was very exciting. We but also, and we had a young team that was developing. Unfortunately, that young team didn't get to compete four years later in uh, in Moscow. Um, and probably from my coaching experience, I think Sydney was pretty special. You know, the uh, the whole feeling in the country. You know, and we had massive crowds every day at our games, and and uh, so much other stuff happening all around us. It was uh, it, it was a tremendous experience. 1972, as you said, in Munich, the Aussies were knocked out in the group stage when you were uh, pitted with uh, India and the Netherlands and the UK, some of the heavyweights at the time. But 1976, as you said, much more or much greater fortunes for you. Yes, you did miss out on the gold medal, but you yourself, Rick, as an individual, had an impact in those games in Montreal 1976. You played a key part in scoring uh, a goal and then the final penalty in the last group game in uh, in the group stage to get Australia to the knockout phase. What do you remember about that final group match against India at 76? Well, yeah, the one you were describing, we actually beat them in the round, but 
in those days, if the teams were level on points, they didn't use goal difference to decide who went into the semis. We were level with India on points. And so we had to play a repercharge game. And, and, and that was in between the final match and the semi-final. And indeed, it was the longest game in history. We had five periods of extra time, ended up one all. Um, and, uh, yeah, and, and I, I, I scored the, the one goal. And then, of course, we had a penalty shootout at the end. And my penalty was the last one, yeah. So I went through the agony that, uh, that we saw for, for the um, Italians and the English on the weekend. Um, and uh, fortunately, we, we came out of the shootout. We beat Pakistan in the, in the semi-final and played New Zealand in the final. And I played in the national team 17 years and we only ever lost once to New Zealand in that time. It happened to be the Olympic final. So it was, it was a terrible experience, but, you know, also wonderful. And, and uh, any medal at the Olympics is a pretty special moment, I think, for the athletes. For the Kookaburras team, did that did, did those seventy six games at Montreal? Did they does that feel like a critical time for Australian men's hockey? Because around that time, I think two years later, the Champions Trophy was invented, which Australia had uh, near instant success with, with uh, top three finishes for for the first couple of uh, trophies, and then and then we started getting medals in the World Cup as well, which we hadn't normally done prior to nineteen seventy six. So, so did nineteen seventy six? Did it feel like the the spark? Was it a critical turning point for the Kookaburras? Oh, up until then, we'd done very well, you know, uh, but we never had, uh, our teams were never properly prepared. It wasn't until the Institute of Sport was established that we had centralised training became possible and we were able to build teams in a way that our opponents had been able to. In the Netherlands, for instance, you know, everyone lives within an hour of each other and they can train together a couple of times a week. I used to get on the plane with a guy who came from Queensland who was playing next to me and I wouldn't have seen him for the last 12 months. So, you know, it, 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 was a, it was a different era, a different world, I suppose. But we, we, we developed much more consistency. And, of course, we won the World Cup in 86. We won the Champions Trophy in 83 for the first time. And, and so, we, we, yeah, we became much more consistent, reliable in our performances. What but it you, was the centralised training that I think allowed that. What do you remember from 1980? Now, you d- didn't compete. It was the boycott of the, of the Moscow Games. Some Australian athletes did go, but they didn't compete under the Aussie flag. It was under the, the neutral Olympics flag. Do you remember the decision-making process at the time from the Olympic Committee, from the Australian hockey team as to the decision to go or not go, whether the hockey competition would be held at all? Oh, it was, it was shattering for us because the team was selected and we were told that we would go if, if the AOC decided to go. And the AOC made a surprising decision to, to compete against a lot of government resistance. And uh, then our sport made a unilateral decision to pull out. And so it was bitter, bitterly disappointing for the athletes. And of course, as I said, we were a very young group in 76. We were cherry ripe to go in 1980 and, and didn't go. And for those athletes who missed out last year, I said, well, there's only one thing worse than sort of the thing being delayed. And that's it going on and you not being able to be there, uh, which we experienced in, in 1980. So, uh, you know, and then four years later in Atlanta, you know, there was a boycott by the Eastern Bloc countries, you know. Um, uh, it seemed, you know, that uh, if you look at the history of the Olympics, it's a big event and people always want to make some sort of a protest about it. 
you did get to go, as you said, four years later, and this time you were the captain in 84 and uh, I think through 88 as well, but denied by the Brits from earning medals in back-to-back Olympic Games. Sean Curley of the UK denied you of a silver and a bronze medal in those in those, uh, in those Olympic Games. The Aussie-British rivalry, Rick, was pretty strong back in those days in hockey as well. Oh, it always has been, you know, always a tough match. You can never, you can never take for granted uh, your opponent. And indeed, you know, this year the Kookaburras, should they get through to the quarterfinals, they're going to, they, they, they've got to meet in the quarterfinals either Germany, Netherlands, Belgium, or Great Britain. You know, whatever, whoever they play in the quarters is going to be a tough game, and and it always, it always is. <laughs> You did get your medals, though, however, as a coach. So when you took over from the Hockey Roos in the 90s, coaching the women's team, and you got gold in 1996 and in 2000. And the Hockey Roos, that was a, a, a an extremely formidable team. You guys crushed the competition, really, scoring upwards of about 20-plus goals and conceding sort of less than six or seven goals across the entire Olympic Games. How fulfilling was it knowing that you were leading an elite group of, of women to international success? Oh, it was, it was very... Uh, satisfying. I mean, I was very fortunate. I, I um, got the job, and uh, immediately recognised that we had a very gifted group of athletes. They were highly motivated, hardworking, uh, skilled, and and they were ambitious. And uh, we, over a decade there, we were sustainably the best team in the world, which was a pretty a great achievement. The bit that perhaps I can take some credit for is the sustained capacity because you had to work at keeping it fresh and keeping it interesting and, and challenging them and and, and uh, lifting the bar. And, and over that period of time, we, we managed to do that. The uh, what, what did you enjoy more? Did you enjoy coaching or playing more? Oh, playing is much more, if you like, selfish and I suppose satisfying for the individual. But and coaching's a different sort of experience. It's about trying to help other people realise their potential. And, you know, I mean, I coached 14 years with a national men's and women's team. And in that time, I never met an athlete yet who I think knew how good they could be. My job was to to lift them, you know, to, to open their horizons and, and to extend them. We have been... Uh, so the men's and women's national teams have been one of the heavyweights in, in hockey over over the decades, and we still are. The, the, the competition is increasing, however, through Europe and, uh, and through the rest of the world, so it's not easy per se, but we are still one of the, the great nations, yet we haven't really medaled. So since you were there in 2000 with the Hockey Roos, we haven't medaled, or we haven't got a gold medal again. And, uh, and for the men's team, that famous night in Athens in 2004, that's our sole gold medal. What do you think has held Australia back from being able to win gold at the Olympics? I just think winning winning at the Olympics is difficult. You know, the teams are all good. You know, like in the last um, 25 years, I think, whatever, as long as we've been playing in the Commonwealth Games, the men's teams won the gold medal every year. Um, but at the Olympics in that time, we won a gold medal and two or three bronze and a silver, I think, something like that. So, uh, And similarly with the women's team, you know, they've, they've won a couple of... Uh, they've, won two silver medals in the in the World Cup, but they haven't been able to win at the Olympics because the Olympics is a tough tournament. You know, everybody's there and at their best. I think we've been a bit unlucky. The girls team been a bit unlucky the last couple of Olympics, and and maybe it breaks your way this time. 
the Kookaburras recently finished uh, second in the in the Pro League, which is one of the the new innovations of uh, of international uh, men's and women's hockey. Uh, behind Belgium, who have turned into a big force, they got silver in Rio, and they've been one of the the modern heavyweights. What's been your assessment of the Kookaburras in the modern age now under their uh, new coach and one of your former teammates, Colin Batch? Oh, I, I think they've been playing very consistently, very reliably. They're, they're a, any team would fear playing against them. They, they have uh, very good defence, powerful midfield. They've got potency at the front. They've got a good corner. The goalkeeping's good. You know, I think they've got all of the bases covered. Um, and and they're, you know, they're presently ranked one or two in the world and they're likely to, to be playing in the main games in Tokyo, all things being equal. Um, so, you know, I think they're a really good chance. Uh, the hockey ruse perhaps, you know, haven't been as successful over a recent period of time, but I actually think they've got a pretty good core of players at the moment and and uh, they could surprise. In the women's game, Netherlands are the outstanding team, but the rest of the teams are all competitive. And, and uh, if you get to the semi-finals, then... Uh, that's been the stumbling block for us the last couple of times. We twice missed out in the semi-finals on goal difference, but with the quarter-finals now, if you get a, a quarter-final that you can win, then you're in the semis, and you're three and four chance of a medal. And I, mm. I, I'm hopeful that the girls can do that. Are you still involved at the elite level of hockey? Not really. Although I have over the last, you know, the last three months, I've been involved with the selection of the hockey rules, you know, which is. Uh, been an interesting experience. I've been watching them train and uh, watched them play all their recent matches, went to New Zealand with them. And uh, as I said, I think, uh, you know, they've got the makings of a very good team there. Perhaps, you know, not as ready as they could be to to be at the top of the dais yet, but I think they're on their way. And over those years and what we've seen now in hockey in the, in the modern era of sport, um, how have you seen it and what's been Maybe the one thing that you've been most impressed with, perhaps, by how field hockey has, has evolved through the years. Well, the game now is terrific, much better than when I played. It doesn't stop and start. It really flows. Um, I think, uh, you know, you can auto-play. You can play on from any free-hit situation. And uh, the, the, the obstruction rule, which caused so much trouble for a long time, has been effectively removed. Um, and, and uh, you know, the players, the ball can be scooped in the air because the equipment is so much better than it used to be so that you know they can scoop the ball in the air for 60 70 meters anywhere on the hockey field you you're in play and the game's very fast and the skill uh, of the athletes is outstanding so uh, I, I think it's a wonderful game to watch and it's cer- certainly fluent and, and it's about speed and skill and guile uh, all things that uh, that uh, we enjoy to watch Rick, uh, hockey's one of my favourite Olympic sports to watch. It's been a pleasure chatting to you tonight on Tokyo Bound for SEN and uh, hopefully we have success in Tokyo and hopefully for the team that you select, the Hockey Roos, that they can have some success as well. But thank you very much for joining us and, uh, and for talking about Olympic Games past. Thank you. It's a pleasure, George. Rick Charlesworth with us, former hockey, a former Kookaburras player and former Hockey Roos and Kookaburras coach here on Tokyo Bound on SEN. We'll take a break. We'll come back with more after this on SEN this Tuesday night.
Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply.